Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day low actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus hi everybody this is the cricket badger podcast each badger marks the track with its own scent his black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bécher, meaning digger. If you were starting your career again, um, say, you, say you could write to yourself or send yourself a, a text message to the 14-year-old yeah. Chris Nash. Is there anything you'd do differently? Is there anything you'd... What advice would you give yourself as a youngster? Um, switch off more. I think I've probably, you know, I've lived it. Um, I've lived it in between. If, you know, it's affected me outside of cricket. It's affected my home life. It's affected relationships. You know, probably if I could, yeah, if I could say one thing, it would be to enjoy my, enjoy my periods when I'm not playing cricket and embrace, embrace them rather than worrying about the next game or worrying about the last game. And I think that's um, that's definitely something which probably put a lot of stress on me throughout, you know, my whole career, really, where in between games, I'll be, you know, worried about the last or worried about the next game and um, stopped you living in the moment of, of enjoying your, you know, your two days off with your, your missus and seeing your parents and stuff because you, you're feeling the pinch of high scores, low scores, big games, whatever. So, um, yeah, to, to be able to switch off more and, and turn my mind off would have been would be something I'd recommend to any player. Is it easier to switch off when you're on a good run than a bad run? Because I, I would imagine, um, trying to put myself in a position of somebody that's on a good run, the, and that's quite hard for me to do because that's a long way away from my experiences, but the, um, I, I'd imagine that you're able to kind of enjoy that and then maybe just celebrate and then kind of do what you want and you feel like you are switching off. Whereas if you're on a bad run, I would imagine there's a temptation to really dwell on it. Definitely. And, and, that's, and that's almost kind of, that, that would be the, the, the other bit is don't, I say it to a lot of guys now, don't live your life depending on the, the last score you've got. You know, don't, it, it's easy when you're playing well to be on top of the world and then you go and get a couple of low ones and you're down the bottom. And that would be another side to not, to not let it affect who you are. Because I think, and I definitely think as a, as a batter for sure, you, 
you, it does affect how you act, how you are, and it affects how people treat you as well because they think you're either sometimes, you know, parents might be a bit like, oh, you know, he's had a run of low scores, he's feeling a bit crap when actually you feel fine. So I definitely think, and, and I think, you know, other, the other thing would be supporters, you know, they, they treat you, if you're playing well, they're nice to you. And if you're playing badly, sometimes the looks they give you. Jesus, you know, I think back over the years when you're having a tough time and the, the real good ones support you, you know, and give you love then. Um, and then some of them turn their back on you. And it's, it's pretty crap, really. Do they turn their back on you, though, because they they know that maybe you're suffering a little bit and they don't want to kind of confront that? Is it, is it that or is it because they're just ignoring you because you're rubbish? Do you know what I mean? There's maybe two no, different, I, two different yeah. ways, though, isn't there? I think there are some, you know, it's like people across the road because they, they don't want to have to deal with it. Um, other, yeah, I mean, others, you get, you do get some real nasty people, actually, you know, um, and that would be the, the, the only side. You see it in football all the time, don't you? You have a bad game and they think, and they, you know, the death threats and all that. It's, it's, it's horrendous, really, because it is just a game. And yeah, I, th- I think that, that, that can affect you quite badly, you know, when people are shouting from the stands that you're crap and this, that and the other. And what they don't realise is you're working, you know, your balls off and you're going to go home to a family and all that. So I think, um, yeah, that they're, they're the tough times. But I, I definitely think, you know, if I was to go back in time, it would be, um, you know, switch off and don't live your life on your form because... Um, I think when you live your life on your performances in any sport, it's um, it's a pretty rocky road because all, all it takes is a few bad games and suddenly you're you know you're down and down and out and, and it affects your life and you know no no job should really affect you that much off you know outside of work. When you first started playing, you predate social media, don't you? So you've seen the growth of Twitter and the like as you yeah. you've played. That that must make yeah. that kind of dynamic quite you know it must have accentuated that a lot because people can slug oh. you, people can sit on the in the in the bath or in, on the toilet or whatever and just slug you off and not have to ever face you about what they've said. Well, I mean, I, I'm so happy I grew up in the time I did grow up because you know you see now and every uh, I read something actually I think it was Joe Hart the other day actually did a really good interview when he talked about every every child now is scared of what they do because whatever they put out gets judged immediately by likes and comments and yeah. you know, so you can. You can play an innings on TV and, you know, there's 500 comments or whatever saying you're either good or crap or whatever. And I just think you end up, you're living in a world where you're scared of getting criticised, really, especially in sports. So I think it's probably just slipped in the last probably couple of years. It's slipped to being negative when, to begin with, it was quite fun. It was quite positive and, and you, you really enjoyed it. But now it's like, you know, one, a lot of young players live on their phones. They live on social media and, and they live by people's opinions of them, which going back to my point on you know whether you live by your high score or low score I think it's got bigger and bigger so um, yeah I, I'm quite glad I'm not growing up in this environment because it's hard and I think yeah that people are affected by others more than anyone more than any time in, in, in history they say rock stars want to be sportsmen vice versa if you could have been famous doing something <laughs> completely different what would you have chosen what kind of route would you have chosen to be a, a world major star in when I see someone stand in front of a stadium of people and they've got you know a guitar or their voice and it, it looks so natural and easy and, and you know the work they put in but to be able to control 80,000 people I you know I love my music I love performers and stuff like that I, I look at people who you know even DJs you know my, my cousin's a DJ and you, you see people they stand in front of 80 100,000 people and they can every single person there's focused on them and their talent I think you know, as, as a batsman, that's as close as you can get, really, when you stand there and everyone watching you bat. But, you know, when you get your Ed Sheerans and people like that, you stand there on their own, on a stage. So, yeah, if I could have, to be able to command the stadium with your voice or a talent, yeah, that would be 
pretty bloody cool. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, and I, the DJ thing just passes me by um, because I can only ever see it as somebody stood there with a record in front of them playing their own, you know, playing <laughs> playing a record to a load of people. What, what's the talent there? I, I, yeah. I, explain it to me. I, th- I think there's, I think there's way more to it, and I, I think you know, <laughs> you, you see people. And I, I think there, there are. I remember watching a documentary. And there, there are guys with their USB and they plug it in and they just play the set and have a dance around. And there's, there's definitely people like that. But then there's people. It's an art where they're actually doing everything from scratch. Um, my brother actually bought a little DJ set the other day, and, and and we were working on it. And it's it's an amazing skill to get it right. And having I've watched my cousin a few times, and you know, enjoy. I always enjoy good music. So yeah, I, I think there you get the ones who are the USB, and then you get the ones who um, who are actually performing, and they're the you know amazing to watch. But I think, yeah, to be able to control a crowd of, you know, 80, 100,000 people is, um, blows my mind. The next question is that kind of dinner party question, really. If you could meet anybody living or dead, who would you like to meet? Who would you like to uh, sit around a table or have a beer with? Probably Ricky Gervais would be the one. He would be brilliant. Lo- always loved everything he's done. Like, I think he's, you know, he speaks a lot of sense in what he says as well. So I think he's, he's funny, but also interesting. And anyone I know who's met him said he's actually like that off you know, off screen as well. So um, he would be brilliant. Cause I, yeah, he's, I think he comes across really, I think he's got some really good opinions on, on, on life. So I'd like to chat to him and, and obviously just enjoy his banter as well, but probably him. And then in terms of respect, you probably want someone, you know, Nelson Mandela would be right up there in terms of just to hear his story and how, how he managed to, to, you know, to be the way he was, you know, when he was released from prison and, and the way he ran that country yeah, that'd be amazing to hear how he how he got to that stage as well. So yeah, they'd probably be the two that I'd, I'd love to sit with. If we ever get the technology to be able to bring Nelson Mandela back, I'd love to come <laughs> to that dinner party as well because I'd love to see Ricky Gervais talking to Nelson Mandela. That'd be great. Yeah, I think that's. But then you get someone like Rick, you know Gervais is he, he's he's hilarious, but he's also extreme. I think he's extremely intelligent and very well read, and actually he's got a really nice outlook on life. So yeah, I think definitely be an interesting one. I just sit and listen for hours. I was looking at your quick info page before I ask the next question. It's got you down as your nickname. It's got three, I think. Nashy, Nash Dog and Spidey. Which one do you actually go by? (laughs) Are all of those still relevant? No, probably Nashy and Nash Dog, really. Um, Knocker. I get called Knocker a lot. Knocker Nash. Spidey was from when I was a very young cricketer. I was a spinner and everyone at my club used to call me that. I was only a 14, 15 year old playing in the first team. So it was probably quite apt then, but maybe I just grew out of it. But yeah, don't think that Nashi, you know, Knocker, stuff like that. That's that's probably where I sit now. Steven Spielberg, he's going to make Knocker the movie. And he's phoned you up and he <laughs> says, right, and Knocker, Chris, Nash, Nash Dog Spidey, whatever we want to call this movie. <laughs> Who's going to play you in the starring role? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say Gervais, but he's not got the physique that I'd want for someone <laughs> to play me. So I'd probably want his humour, but may, maybe a, a slightly better rig. Um, you could use CGI on him, couldn't you? Yeah, you could probably, I mean, people method act, you know, you get a lot of method actors now, don't you? So you could say to them, look, you, you get this part, you're going to get 80 million quid because it'll obviously be a big budget movie. And But you've got to lose four stone and get ripped up just to make sure you look like Nashi. So um, I reckon if, if if Gervais is up for it, I, I think he could do the role because he's, I like to think we have a, I, I, I take a lot of my humour from him, but he just, yeah, if he sorted his rig out, I think he'd probably be a good good fit for it and maybe yeah, a bit more hair, lose the beard. 
Um, so he's got a bit to do in terms of phys- you know appearance, but I think he, I think he'd be a good fit personality wise. Uh, and it's going to be the biggest movie of his life. It's going to be what he's remembered for more than anything else. It's worth it's worth the effort, Ricky, if you're listening. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. I mean, I think if the budget's there, which I think if they're going to do it, it's got to be big budget. It's probably in you know hundreds of millions as opposed to tens. So I know he's, he obviously charges a lot, but I think it'd be worth six months of hard graft in the gym for him, and he'd, he'd take his cash. Cricket Badger Podcast is brought to you in association with tvsportsblog.com. Excellent sporting content. It's well worth a look and give them a follow on Twitter at tvsportsblog. What's the last time you can remember feeling really nervous? Are you, are you a nervous batsman? Do you sit there and, and kind of get a bit tense before you go out? Or do you take it in your stride? No, I, I, excuse my name, I shit myself every time I bat, really. Um, generally, I, I go out there, I think I, I, I hit the ball, I hit my first ball for four, like pretty much. You know, a few people have said like more than they've ever seen, and that's generally because I'm absolutely, I'm so nervous, and I'm so pumped. And um, my first kind of ten balls, I generally will either, you know, I hit, generally either have a whack at a few, and then um, hopefully get twenty or thirty quick, and then I settle down a bit. But um, yeah, I, I definitely I get very very nervous. I'm probably nervous till I get to about thirty, and then then I calm down a bit, and that's probably when I get out actually. But um, yeah, I think you know, I do get nervous. So last time I played was like the last game of cricket I played was. Um, finals day actually semi-finals so that, yeah that was nerve- that, that was nerve-wracking but exciting as well but um, yeah I, I was doing a lot of coaching in the winter as well so you actually got quite nervous watching games there as well but yeah I think batting wise I'm generally bloody nervous every time I bat So, so the leave alone shot for the first ball of a, of a four day game isn't necessarily what you play is that is that, is that what you're saying? I, I, I'd, be, I'd be amazed if you went back over my 200 odd games and what 360, 70 innings whatever it is I think you'd count on one hand the amount of leaves I have in the first first over. <laughs> yeah, I, I generally, I generally number three's alert to begin with because, you know, either, but then, you know, a lot of the time I get off the flyers, connect with a few, but I, I don't think I leave many in the first over, especially, probably because I'm pumped. I just want to feel bat and ball. What's the top item on your bucket list? Things to do before you die. What's number one? I'd love to surf some really big waves. You're a surfer dude. So, I've, I've done quite a lot of surfing in, in yeah. South Africa and I absolutely loved it, but I'd love to properly surf, you know, when you see them going through barrels and stuff like that. I'd love to go somewhere and, and do that properly, like, you know, get to a level where, you know, people would film it and it would be amazing. So that, that would be something that I think I would definitely put some energy into when I do finish playing um, to go and actually try and find some amazing places to do it and actually get the standard you need to, to to do it as well. So, yeah, that that would definitely be something I'd love to do properly. I'll do the filming because I've got no sense of balance whatsoever. I'd, I'd, I'd never, I don't <laughs> think I'd ever get onto a surfboard. Oh, it's, I, look, it's the best thing I've ever done um, in terms of, you know, getting getting away from cricket, spent a lot of time in Cape Town doing it, and, um, yeah, had some great times. So, yeah, it'd be lovely to get to a, just really go to a next level at that. Are you a morning or a night person? Up morning, up at six every morning, wide awake. My missus, like, she hates it because she's, she's not a morning person. So I'm there wide-eyed, like, right, what should we do? Let's go, let's do something. Let's get up and have breakfast and let's go out for a walk. And she just wants to relax and drink a tea in bed. So, um, yeah, 100% a morning person. And then I need a nap by about two o'clock because I'm naked. <laughs> <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, ten's the Fonz, the coolest man that ever lived. How cool are you? Oh, pretty pretty mid-range I think I've never been I was always a kind of at school I was always the sporty badger like played squash played football so I'll probably say I'll say a six because I, I think yeah may, maybe as I'm getting older maybe I reckon I, I could get a bit cooler as I get older dress a bit better 
yeah, a bit of grey in the hair might might stay cooler. I'm, I'm going to say I'm probably I reckon I'm a six and a half at the moment, and uh, I think I'll stay around there. But, I, but as a younger, I was a bit of a bit of a geek, just playing sport all the time. So. I know a few of the lads will, will laugh at this, but I'm just, I, I'll say a seven. Monty Panasar's answer to that made me laugh because he basically said by the time he's about 70, he's going to be the best looking man in the world because he's going to gradually get better, more distinguished looking and be a, more of a silver fox like you're aiming for. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll leave Monty's answer alone with that. But um, yeah, I, I, think, I think you can, you know, I think you can always get better. You keep looking after yourself as you get older. So yeah, you can dress a bit better I look at my, my dad's in good nick at, he's what 68 he's in good nick he, I have to I have to get him all his clothes because he's useless at buying clothes but um, yeah he, he actually he's a pretty cool dude actually my dad so he, he actually looked a bit like the Fonz in his, when he had black hair so um, may, maybe that's something I'll graduate to in my 40s Fed up of collecting your team's match day subs? Worried about carrying cash post-COVID-19? Try slateapp.co.uk. Less contact than contactless. Slate, the smartest way to collect weekly match fees and more. Download the app, slateapp.co.uk. Not just for cricket, any clubs that collect subs. It just makes sense. Stick it on the slate. Slateapp.co.uk. If you had access to a time machine, where, where would you drive it to? Which you, you can go forwards if you want to, or go back in time. It's entirely up to you. Um, that's another good question. Oh, I reckon you probably want to go back to like go back to the the sixties or something like that, where the world was just the music festivals, and you know it was just this probably you know what they call it the summer of love and all that, the freedom. Yeah, I want to go back in time. I think because I think you know I, I honestly think that we probably had our best. The last kind of 10 years has probably been some of the best years. And I think, well, I should probably go back four years. And the 10 years before that was brilliant. You know, when technology didn't overrun the world and social media and all that, and phones weren't, you know, stuck to people's faces. I'd say we had an amazing time in those 10 years. But to go back where there was no technology and there was a lot of freedom in, in the world, it was, was quite, would be quite a cool time. So maybe sometime in the 60s, I'd probably go back. And um, yeah, I think, I think that'd be quite a good fun. Go to Woodstock or something like that. Um, when it started out or Glastonbury when it started and um, experience that would be pretty cool if you could live anywhere in the world where would you have a second home even a first home Cape Town every time absolutely love love being there um, met some great people spent a lot of time there in the past probably eight years nine years just falling in love with the place and the people yeah the food the wine the people the, the weather the water the mountains so yeah without a doubt Cape Town would be the place to, to, you know, I try and go back every year just to see to see the people and, you know, see the, see my friends and, and over there. And, um, yeah, amazing wine, amazing food and such a, an amazing culture. So, yeah, Cape Town, 100 times out of 100. I can remember driving in the back of a taxi in Cape Town. I looked out my left and there was Table Mountain, looked out of my right window and there was the sea and Robin Island. The yeah. sun was blowing yeah. down. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. And I just thought, oh, if only I could find work here, that would be actually an amazing yeah. place to live. It would be, yeah. And I've spent a, lot, a long time there over the past you know, decade and just fallen in love with the place and, and, and how it, you know, it's just an amazing place with such a mix of, of people and, and cultures and food and wine and everything. So, yeah, I um, absolutely love it. It's got a great energy about it. And um, yeah, look look forward to getting back soon. 
Well, the Cricket Budget Podcast will, will sort that out for you. We'll buy you a nice big pad there. <laughs> Thank you very much. Can't wait. <laughs> if you could change one thing about yourself, what would you change? Well, going back to probably the question earlier, I'd probably change my voice. So if I could change my voice, I'd change it to a brilliant singing voice and I'd be a mega pop star or mega, you know, singer-songwriter, something like that. So, yeah, I've probably got quite a monotone. I haven't really got an accent, obviously, being from the South. Um, yeah, it'd be nice to have an amazing voice. So then you could, you know, one, you could you know, probably be an amazing commentator or something like that. But to be able to be, have a great singing voice would be something I'd, I'd definitely change. Um, yeah, I think that would be that. Are you somebody that sings in the shower and actually thinks you can sing or do you just know that you can't? I know I can't and I, I try not to because I'm that bad. So um, I've never never been able to do it, even in the shower, in the car. Sometimes I think, yeah, I'll have a crack at this. And then I, I hear myself and realise how crap <laughs> I am. So I, I'm fully in acceptance. I'm not one of these people. I mean, like someone like Steve Mullaney, he, you know, get him on karaoke and, you know, you think it's Ronan Keating in terms of, or he thinks he's Ronan Keating. We think he's like a, a dying cat. But um, <laughs> he... Uh, yeah, so someone like Mulaney, I think the opposite. He probably sings and hears something very different to what we hear. But I know what I hear, and I know it's not great, so I try and avoid it. What will you be doing in 10 years' time? What will you be? You'll be uh, 47, <laughs> won't you? What will you be doing? 47, hopefully retired, living in, in Cape Town, if, if that's, um, and, and singing to massive crowds. But um, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. So I'd like, I'd like to be, um, it's a tough one, really. Who knows where you'll be, but... I think the main thing is, especially when you when you play professional sport for a long time, is to be to be happy and healthy. I suppose. I hope in ten years' time, I'm I'm you know enjoying life, not working too hard, and maybe you know probably in control of my own destiny. So working for myself or um, in something I love. So um, yeah, I would like to be you know enjoying life, whether it be working hard or or working for myself would be great. Have you got a route map? I mean, we talked to uh, I talked to a lot of cricketers who they talk about the kind of support that clubs give them to think about what to do because your career can end at any time, can't it? You know, an injury or lots yeah. of form and stuff. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you, you've actually been very, very fortunate, haven't you? Obviously, skilled and hardworking, but you've been very fortunate to have the the duration that you've had. How, have you got a route map to yeah. take you out the other end of cricket to go into coaching or something yeah. completely different? Yeah, I think I think over the years I've, I've tried lots of different things. I've done, you know, I've, I've had my own coaching academy. I've coached in T uh, Twenty last year I've coached in South Africa and, and done that I've done a lot of courses degree whatever so I've, I've done a lot of stuff and probably tested the waters which is probably the best thing I think anyone can do you can as long as you get out there and, and, and experience stuff you can start to get build what you want and then you've got to I think you've got to start putting together wish lists of what you want do you want a lifestyle do you want to you know work outside you know whatever whatever it is that you want um you have to start getting together a little wish list um so you know I've, I've been doing that through you know trialing bits doing a day here and a day there with different companies or whatever as you do get older you realize that it's going to happen at some stage whether it be you know three months 15 months you know 20 26 27 months time um so yeah i mean i i've, I've started to build um you know, with you know, kind of some of the sponsors that I got to know down at Sussex very well, started to build a good network there and um, starting to work with them over this over this winter, depending on whether I carry on playing. So we'll wait and see. But yeah, it's, it's good to, I think that's where I always say to any young player now, the, the, the opportunities in cricket to meet people, you've got to take every single one because you, you, you never know who's going to meet you and look after you when you finish playing. Having spent sort of twenty years in cricket, doing something you love to do, and getting paid for it, and yeah. getting to travel and do all the all the other things that we've spoken about, I mean, you've obviously got uh, a few things in your mind, but to actually be able to replicate that for the next twenty years to take you through to re- proper retirement is going to be quite difficult, isn't it? I, yeah, I think that's a really very valid point. I think it's it's easy. I, th- I think it's trying to to realise that there are there's life afterwards. I think a lot of people think that you know 
cricket will define them. Um, and I think that's where the PCA are brilliant with us. Um, they speak to us regularly about the plans we put in place. But I think, yeah, it's easy to, I think the, the biggest thing is you think that when cricket ends, that's basically your life over. You know, there's nothing else that you can achieve or you never have the same lifestyle. Which it, And I think that once you get your head around that cricket will end, and it, we, we all know that, you know, I'm, a bit, I'm very fortunate in that, I played for so long, but you know it's going to end because you can't play forever unless you're Darren Stephen. <laughs> so yeah, you know, yeah. If, if you, I think once you accept that, and then you know, having spoken to a lot of people, it's then um, actually letting go of you as a cricketer and saying, "Well, I did it, and it was brilliant, and I love all the memories. And I, I'll tell people about it, and you know, it'll be part of me." But then it's about saying, "Well, that's you know, that was part of me then." And then there comes a new bit where you can be just as successful in something completely different. So, yeah, I think the danger seems to be if you hang on to it too long and try and almost try and replicate it, which is which is going to be impossible. So, yeah, I think you just got to, whenever it ends, let it go and then, you know, enjoy the fact you did it and then move on and, and do something else and, and try and enjoy that as much as you can in, in a different way. A lot of cricketers have said they, they know when it's, when it's the right time to finish. And I guess from what you're saying, you haven't actually got that feeling just yet. At, at Notts, though, they've signed a lot of top-order batsmen, haven't they, over the last couple of years? You've got Hasib Hamid going there to rebuild his career from Lancashire. Ben Slater's gone across from Derbyshire, etc. Ben Duckett, etc. You've got some yeah. comp- competition for that, that first-team place. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's part of it, part of life, really. I mean, to be honest, it's always been a bit of a... Um bit of a thing for me. I think once I got in the team at Sussex, I know that over the, over the years after that, you know, it was almost like, you know, when a young player came on the staff or a new signing came in, you, you almost have to see them off, I suppose, really, in a, in a cruel way, because it's your job and you've got to perform well enough to keep it. So, and that, that's, I think, the biggest thing when you're an older player is as long as your, if your performances merit, A, getting in the team, B, you know, obviously getting another contract or, but C, you know, you're performing to, you're performing to the level that you, you expect of yourself, which is, you know, obviously you set, I set very high standards. So I think if you do that, then, you know, you can, you can just deal with that. You know, if, if, if someone wants to take my place and, um, and I'm not performing, then that's, that's just the way of the world, isn't it? But I think if I'm performing to the high level, you know, my standards of fitness and, and cricket are high and they can't get the team ahead of me, then, you know, that's just, <laughs> that's the way of the world, isn't it? So you look at that and think, well, that's, you just got to keep your levels higher, which can only drive you to, to play better anyway. Anybody auditing this Cricket Badger 20 questions will probably realise I've probably asked about 70 today to Chris Dash because I've actually really enjoyed <laughs> enjoyed chatting to you. It's been it's been good fun. And we've reached question number 20 or question number 75, whatever, oh, it, whatever it's ended up being. If you've yeah. been picking these questions yourself, Chris Nash, and you could have asked yourself anything, if it had been Nash on Nash or Nash's interviewing Spidey or whatever, we, whatever we're going to go down, yeah. what would you have asked yourself to get a great and exclusive answer? great exclusive answer um i actually think i think the the one the one about um what you would say to yourself as a younger player i think that's i think as as you do get older you you do start to process that better so you start thinking what you would change and i, I wouldn't i wouldn't change my my journey through cricket for the world i mean obviously people will say oh you, you know you could have played for england whatever you could have done this that and the other and and i look at that and think that's completely inconsequential to me i, I think what you learn during cricket is is priceless and whether that's playing for England or so I actually did an interview the other day and they said well you didn't play for England but what what did you get on the flip side and I played you know club cricket abroad I played in T20 comps and traveled the world in a different way to an England player so I, I, I'd probably say that question about if you're writing a letter to your younger self I think that pretty much fulfill everything that you need from an interview because you know I feel like I've learned a lot over my career and, and that's what I enjoy speaking to younger guys now and making sure that you know 
if they need any guidance in that respect, it, it's there for them. And it's nice to pass on those lessons to younger guys, you know, making sure they, they keep perspective on life and making sure they enjoy what they're doing um, and don't get too high and too low because you, you see it in young players and I saw it on myself as well. So I think I'd probably re-ask that question and that, that would be my, ma- my major question, which would probably formulate you know what I think about my career and and, and what I think I can help uh, help other people with. What what you just said there is quite interesting to me because I I think from from outside of cricket and I've been lucky enough to work inside cricket at Yorkshire and um, as a journalist out kind of outside and I've been a fan and and so I've kind of seen it from three different angles really. But the yeah. kind of the, the temptation is to see somebody like I don't know um, Michael Vaughan suddenly finishing his career with England and coming back to play for Yorkshire and feeling sorry for him. And really, that's not how to look at it, is it? Because he's actually achieved far more than somebody at Yorkshire. And somebody at Yorkshire or Sussex yeah. or Notts has achieved far more than the club cricketer. And do, do you know what I mean? So whatever your yeah. whatever your ceiling is, that is your is your high, isn't it? And that's what that's what you need to be proud yeah. of. Yeah, and, 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 and I think it's, it's so dangerous to... to I mean, I, I, I get it quite often, actually, because obviously I've played a long time and, you know... You know, I, I was I, probably my peak years were the, the years of Strauss and Cook as opening batsmen. So I get people say, oh, you know, I bet you wish, you know, don't you regret not playing for England? And I'm like, if I regretted that, then I'm, I'm going to be a fairly miserable bloke for the rest of my life. And, you and, know, and it's not really I your choice. My... It's not really your choice. Either is it, you, you can't really influence that. And, no. Yeah, somebody else is going to have to pick you to, to, to make that happen. Yeah, and and if if I put if I put my happiness in, in the hands of others, you know, in the hands of selectors and, and umpires and stuff like that, then... I'm, I'm pretty screwed, really, because, you know, they might not like me. They might think I'm rubbish and they might think that every time it hits me, I'm out. So I think, yeah, I think the idea of, of, of having a perspective on, on what you've achieved. I mean, I, I started as a, I didn't, I wouldn't get a contract at 18 as a, as a young lad. I went to university and I finished university, was batting nine in, 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 in the Sussex first team for a game and ended up, you know, opening the batting for 15 years. So I look at it and go, well, I've had an absolute belter. You know, love playing the game. Met a million, million good friends all around the world who I stay in touch with, and just had a great time playing cricket. So um, I keep enjoying it, and um, yeah, if that's what I, I walk away from the game as my kind of legacy and thoughts, then I'm absolutely happy with that. Chris Nash, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the Cricket Badger podcast today. Thank you for your time, mate. No pleasure. Thank you so much. It's that Badger style. Thank you very much indeed to Chris Nash for his time. Not inconsiderable amount of time as well that he spent with me talking for this edition of the Cricket Badger podcast. I thoroughly enjoyed the chat with him and hopefully you did too and wish him every success for the remainder of the 2020 season. Be good to see him and all of the county cricketers getting back into action from the 1st of August. Thank you to tvsportsblog.com for their support of the Cricket Badger podcast. Give them a follow on Twitter please at tvsportsblog and stay tuned to the Cricket Badger podcast. There's some great guests coming up. Got a chat with Duncan Hamilton about his new book One Long and Beautiful Summer. Cookie Patel is going to come on and talk about fielding and the art of fielding. He's a specialist fielding coach. And the next edition of the Cricket Badger podcast is direct from the England bio bubble. And I'm joined by Gloucestershire wicketkeeper batsman James Bracey. Plenty of good stuff to come. Thank you for listening though to this one. And I'll see you very, very soon indeed with the next edition of the Cricket Badger podcast. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.